for weeks later. You know what I'm referencing down and learn your lesson. We the BL, okay, okay, he said. I keep it raining, you're paying attention. Listen, we the BL, okay, okay, he said. Nobody's seeing me, they told me it's my pain. It's my So some love will be living under the logo. Stop the hate, I ain't playing, homie, it's time to grow. Fucking with my money, yo, you don't want to hear it, bro. I understand that work hard and it pays more. Cause I've been sitting there writing since 94. That's right, since 94, I wanted more, I need more. I need fuck it with my art, you be ducking, dodging my dog. Now clap with me, they hate you, so clap with me. I'm a boogie down to the heart, peace up to the city. Just up to the riders, cocaine suppliers. Rubber bands, duffel bag, black card grind. No class flyers, catch me in the seat, class pass like flyers. Mean the way it came, same color as my side. So grown up, keep the factory on tires, man. about it and um, what I want y'all to do for those who are lovers of rock music go check out his music on Apple Music title he doesn't have it on Spotify so if you listen to Spotify he doesn't have it on Spotify he took it down 
and he explained why he took it down because of the mess with Joe Rogan and Spotify didn't cancel Joe Rogan's podcast. They let him keep his podcast. So he took it down from Spotify. And his single is called Seize Your Love. That is a single of the new album. Then he has one called Cousin Margaret. And um, the other song that's a single off the album is called Mrs. Caulfield. Now, if you're a lover of Black Eyed Music, go check it out. His name is spelled Y-U-Z-I-M-A. I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's a lot of Uzimas out there, so <laughs> so yeah, go check it out. I he gave me the link to be able to listen to Cousin Margaret, and I listened to it, and it's not bad, not bad. Is it what I would call a repeatable? For me, no. And what I mean for those who may not know what I mean by that. Okay, when an artist puts out music, a repeatable is that song that you can sit and listen to it over and over and over and never get tired of it. That's what a repeatable is. Any artist you listen to, be a country artist, pop artist, rock artist, R&B, gospel, if they have a song on the album that's a repeatable, that's that one song or songs that you don't you can listen to over and over without getting tired of listening to it, and that even if people other people around you are tired of hearing it, that you still will play it over and over and over. And you've heard me mention this word before, and uh, and artists who I think have repeatables. But as far as for, for me, I, I have to listen to it again. I won't say it's not a repeatable. I just have to listen to it again to see if it's a repeatable for me. For those who are into rock like that, it could be repeatable for you that you that are not Gun Hill Project album on the song you put on because for me when I for me when I like music I have those that are repeatable like Dre Scott he's a he's not a new artist he's he's an artist you remember when Prince was when Prince had his record deal, I think it was Warner with Warner, with Warner Brothers Records. Oh, I forgot what record label, but when he had the record label deal, and he was going through issues with the label, that because because they owned his see. Even though you as an artist come up with your name and you start making music, 
and you don't read your contract, the label can own the rights to your name. Even though it's your name, it can be the name you're born with. It can be the name you're born with that you use as your artist's name and not reading the contract very well. The record label could own your name. This is why not only do they own your name, they own your music. This is why a lot. This is why you don't see a lot of artists go on tour. A lot of artists don't. They still create music, but they can't put it out because remember the label owns their name. So if you were signed to a label and you were supposed to give, let's say, I forgot who the artist is, but there was an artist who signed a deal with a label and they said they had a seven-hour deal with the label. So from the time they came out, so they debut album that counts as one. Then, and at the time, for dropping albums every two years. So it doesn't matter if within those two years you were still making music. You wasn't allowed to drop any music until the second year with your label. And just think, right? So you figure... Let's see, we in 2023 now, so you say, if you dropped one this year, you won't be able to drop another album until 2025. And then again in 2027. So if your first album was this year, the second album ain't until 2025, and then your third album ain't until 2027, and then your fourth album... 
here and then 2031. So I think 2031, it'll be a 10th year signed to the label, but you're supposed to give them seven albums. But if you're only allowed to make drop music every two years, right? If you're only able to drop music every two years, even though you've been on the label 10 years, you still are going to owe them some albums. And there are some labels that will let you out of your contract, but price. Excuse me, y'all. Yep, for a price, when you think about it. Because I forgot, I forgot, I don't know if it was a group that said it or a solo artist but that said it, that they were indebted to the album. I mean, not to the album, to the label, <laughs> for seven albums. And like I said, Back then, you every two years, you was able to drop music. Now, I think they switched it to every year. So, if we go by the every year standard, right? You dropped your first one this year. Second one to be next year. The third one to be the year after that. Right? Right? So, 2025, let's say, will be your third album. 26, your fourth. Right. Twenty seven. Right. This year is your first, next year is your second, twenty five is your third, twenty six is your fourth, twenty seven is your fifth, the twenty eighth is your sixth, the twenty ninth is your seventh, the thirtieth. Is your seventh? I think twenty thirty. It's your seventh. So there are people who spent ten years with a label, right? And they don't want to be in a deal anymore, but because the contract says they owe them a certain amount of albums. The label's not letting them leave until they make those albums. And you know what? You know what some people, some artists are doing since they're being held to the contract. Oh, uh, they gotta make a certain amount of albums. You know what some artists do? They make not so good records just so that they can get out of their contract. Like the song, you know, mediocre, you know. None of the stuff is, none of the songs is what I would call it will be repeatable. Because they're doing, they're just putting anything out just to get out of their contract. Yep. They're doing anything to get out of their contract, and that's what they're doing. That's why you gotta you get signed to a record deal. It be the independent label or major label. You gotta read your contract with a fine tooth comb and make sure you have an entertainment lawyer with 
and entertain a lawyer with you or your lawyer with you without understanding the language. There are people that have said that, you know, they had a lawyer there, but the lawyer was in cahoots with the label. Because sometimes if you say you don't have a lawyer, the the record label will suggest one. Yep. The record label will suggest one. So we are going to take a quick music break. We'll get back in. We'll get back into the show in a minute. Let's see, what do I want to hear? Let me give y'all something good. Let's see here. No, let's play some Melanie Fiona, and then after that we get back into the show. Even care. 
right, we are back. That was Melanie Fiona with 4 a.m. And I'm gonna to, I love I like this song. I'm gonna say I, I love it, but I like Melanie Fiona. I like this song, and I'm like, you know what? We haven't heard any new music from her. Then I thought about it. I said, you know what? Probably drop some music, but you probably only hear it in Canada because that's where she's from. Then I said, I think she had a baby, so she's been out of the music biz for a minute. I think being a mama, so. I understand why there's no new music from Melanie Fiona. And my voice on radio has joined me. I'm going to open his mic in a minute, but I want to get back into what I was talking about before we took that music break. And like I was saying, you know, labels rock you in, see a contract because they want a certain amount of albums. Right? And, but just think of this. <laughs> like, if you drop music, right, and it don't do well for the label, the label drops you. It doesn't matter if you're a good thing or not. The fact that it didn't make the money, they drop you from the label. But see, when they know you are a very talented artist, they try, and they know you can make money for the label. They try to, to hold on tight to you. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to let you go. They're going to go fight you back and forth. And it's crazy. I don't think I would want to do a seven-album or ten-album deal just to get a record deal. Because this music is changing. is I won't say evolving. I say it's changing, right? It's it's changed from from vinyl from vinyl and cassette to CD. Now it's no longer CD, cassette, or vinyl. They bring a vinyl back, but. It's no longer those things because now we're in the digital wave. Let me open six my mama still talk to her. Uh we're in a digital wave to where now everything is streaming based. Where people upload their music and it's streaming based and you go to Apple Music, you go to Spotify, you go to Title to where you can listen there. For Spotify, you listen. I don't know if you can purchase songs off of Spotify, but I know Apple and Title, you can purchase the songs. Not only can you listen, you can purchase the songs as well off of there. And see, the labels, when before this digital wave, became a thing, labels made their money off of the album sales. So it was, what I say, vinyl, 45, cassette, CD. They was was done away with that. They were bringing vinyl back, but the artists, when they drop an album and it's on vinyl, some, some 
would say it's a special edition album. And because it's on vinyl, it's a special edition. And it might have bonus songs on it that's not on that's not on their streaming platform that they have their music on. Might be some bonus songs that's on the album that if you go to their music on let's say Apple title song, those bonus songs may not be there. <coughs> and record labels should have just left everything alone. They should I know it costs money to to press, you know, albums, uh, CDs for sex and all that stuff. You know, I know it like I said, I know it costs money. But resolution is just offered alone. If the artists want to put out a CD, a physical CD, they can do the physical CD as well as put their music up on the on the streaming platform. If they wanted to put it on cassette, they could, you know, let the artists make the decision of how they want to put out their music instead of the labels making that decision. Because sometimes the artist is right and the labels could be wrong. And I think I mentioned this before with Fantasia when she was doing her either second or third album. This is back when she had her reality show. And um, I think it was going to be, I think her reality show was going to be, see if I'm not mistaken, but when she had her reality show, right, she was working on either her second or third album. And she had a song on there that she was telling them, her A&R, her people, her team, her A&R team, that this should be a single. And they were telling her, no, we're not going to make it. It's a good song, but we're not making it a single. But it will, it, it's a song, it will be put on the album, but we're not making it a single. Okay, Fantasia goes out, and she's in either North or South Carolina. She's somewhere in the South where she's doing a show. And I was that song that she told her A&R should be a single that they said no to, she sang at that little concert she gave, and the audience went crazy for it. Now, we are the consumers of music, me and Six, and all you that are listening, we are the consumers of music, right? When we listen to when we listen to artists' albums, there are songs that wasn't singles that we say should have been singles. My six, answer me this. How many times have you listened to an artist's album and you said specific song on that album, a specific song on that album should have been a single that wasn't? How many times? Well, uh, first off, uh, six steps away, this is Bob Stallers. Uh, I uh, several times. Uh, you, you know when when artists put albums out, you know the A and R isn't always right. You know you, you know you sit and have the listening session uh, for the album, and you want to see uh, what sequence the songs are gonna go uh, per se. Uh, you know a lot of times they miss the mark. You, you know, 
and and the single that should have been the single, they always get it the second time. So that single becomes a single after the one that they released. You understand? And it could get tricky, and it can um, haunt album sales. So it, it it all depends, you know. Yeah. Uh huh. Hello. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, what's so funny? Nothing. Nothing's funny. I I mean, you. We're talking music here. A lot of times when you when you sit and have these listen sessions, you know, a lot of times they miss the mark. I, I yeah. you know why? It's because they're not listening. The label's not listening to the artist. Yeah, they, right. They're not. The A&R, Let me finish. The A and R thinks they know everything. Just because you can find the artist, don't mean you know like how the album's supposed to be. Like. The artist is the one putting their heart and soul into making this album, picking out the right songs that they will that will fit them and be perfect for the album. All you're doing as their A and R or their team is getting them into those studio, into the studios with the right producers to make a good album. That's all you're doing. Yeah, but these bonehead <laughs> don't recognize that. Yeah. And I, you know, it pisses me. I'll, I'll take over. I'll take over. Uh, well, I, thanks. Hey, what's going on, Rose? What's up, Sick? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, that's my new uh, assistant there, uh, Bob Stallers. Uh, yeah, he's he's excited. So, uh, yeah. and I just wanted to hold on. We'll let you finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what so yeah, as I was saying, so you know, if they would have put that that song that Fantasia said should have been a single out as a single, I think her album would have sold more than it did. I don't think that album did what they they thought it was gonna do. Not that Fantasia is not a good singer. It's just that, you know, a lot of people who have these jobs at record labels, they didn't know nothing about what the music biz is. Right? Now, you you, you hear A&R, you know, that's the person who went out, searched for talent for the label. Mm-hmm. And, okay. yeah, that was who that person was. But now the A&R is the person who's helping you get your album together. You understand what I'm saying? It's, there is a team of people there's the the person who's the the lead, and then there's people yeah. that work with that person. 
and they're helping you as an artist get your album together, like getting you in the studio with, you know, who the hot producers that are out at the moment. But yeah, and, you... and that's what it's all about. Uh, you know what, Red, I'm going to let him uh, talk the rest of the show because, yeah, uh, that's what it's all about because, uh, you know, these new artists come out, you know, like Lizzo, Lizzo, uh, y- you know, same way they did with her. Now she's rolling. She's rolling. But, you know, it, it took that second single, you know, and, uh, you know, good music is good music, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when I was talking about Fantasia, the song she can't remember the name of the song, but it never became a single. It wasn't no second single, third single, or nothing. It never became a single. It was just a cut on the album. So that if you got the album, it's one of those songs that you, like I said, listen to. And you said yourself, it should have been a single. It should, and it was that good that it could have been the lead single. And I think if it was the lead single to push the album further, when it got more album sales than what it did. And and nowadays with these labels, they have they have great talent, but don't know what to do with them. Because you got people working for a label that don't know jack about the music biz. You understand what I'm saying? They don't know jack. Yeah. They don't know nothing about singing because they don't sing. They don't know nothing about songwriting because they don't they don't write. They don't know nothing about producing. They don't produce. So basically, the label just put anybody on the team to help this to help an artist out. See, I want somebody to help me who knows what they're doing. Because if I know how to, if I know more than you, and I'm the artist, that's not good. That's not good for you to be a part of my team, and I know more than you. To help further my career in this music business, <laughs> like I, if I, I know what songs should be singles, and you're telling me no, this shouldn't be a single. And then when the crowd hears it, and they go crazy for it, I know I was right. The crowd's going crazy for the song. I know I'm right about that song. Should 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 be a single. But yeah, I'm not yeah, the one I mean, in charge. I'm just the artist making the music for the label. Yeah, but a lot of times, like I say, you know, they miss the mark. And um, a lot of times there's no do-overs when you, you know, when you put these albums out. So you got to pretty much be sure of the single you want to lead off with, especially if you're a new artist. Now, if you're established, then pretty much they're gonna rock with you anyway. But first out the gate, that you gotta have a strong single. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so, like I was saying with Fantasia, the name of the song, but this was during the time she was doing how we are showing. I think it might have been going into her third or second album. And when that crowd heard that song, and to hear it live, even though you know the song is going to be on the album, but to hear it perform live is a different experience than sitting at home just listening to it through your streaming app or whatever, how you're listening to it. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And for the crowd to react the way they did to the song, I felt Fantasia was right in saying that that song should have been a single. <clears throat> and as I was talking before about these artists getting into these deals and they have to give the label like seven to ten albums. And remember six back, back I won't say back in the day, but way, you know, while, well, I would say like early, the early 2000s, they were saying artists could drop music every two years. Remember they was labels were doing that, saying artists could drop. When artists would say, oh, I can only, the label allows us to drop. I forgot who said it, but an artist came out and said the label lets them, because people were asking them to drop music, and it was like, no, I can't drop no new music because the, we, because the label said we can only drop music every two years. I think it was Rihanna, if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> and she said that because that, the fans wanted new music from her. She was like, no, we can only drop music every two years. And that's why I was saying to the artists to make sure they read their contract with a fine tool comb because it may be in there in that contract how many albums the label wants you to give them. So if they want seven albums and you can only drop it every two years, you're gonna be on the you'll be signed to that label for ten years and still I for ten I say you'll be signed by the time you get to your seventh album, you'll be already part of the label for 10 years. <laughs> there was an artist who complained about the, I think, they wanted to be dropped from their label, and the label said, no, you have to fulfill your contract. And the contract said they was indebted to the label for seven albums. And at the time they wanted to get out, I think they were on. They were on. I think they were on their second or third album, so they had four more to go. <laughs> and and okay, you give the uh, you give the label their seven. And I was saying that some artists do this not all. Some artists put out mediocre work and they're getting off the label because if they give them mediocre work, they know the album is not going to sell like the label is expecting it to. 
and it'll make the label make a decision. Be like, look, they're not making us no money. You might as well let them out of their contract, and that's how the artists get out of their contract. <clears throat> and I also flipped it to where artists get signed, labels don't know what to do with them, and then they put out music, and the music don't sell. Like if they was expecting to sell to make them money, then they decide, well, you're not making us any money. We're going to drop you from the label. Yeah, when you're not making us money, we're dropping you from the label. But if you're a good, real good, talented artist, they'll, they'll, they'll give, give you a second chance. But if that second album ain't, do, ain't doing good either, it's like, that's why I say read your contract with a fine tooth comb. We'll have your lawyer present and do not use a lawyer. If you don't have a lawyer, do not take a lawyer suggestion from the label. Do not let the label tell you to go use such and such lawyer. If you're looking for a lawyer to help you with your, to understand your contract, I have a lawyer for you. Do not take their suggestion. Go find one on your own because a lot of times that the lawyers that they suggest is their lawyer friends. So you get you get screwed because the lawyer is the friend to the CEO of the label. And so he's reading your contract. And the lawyer knows it's a shitty contract, but because he's friends with the, with the CEO of the label, he's going to convince you to sign that contract. And you're stuck into a shitty contract. So he makes his money, the label makes their money, but you get, but you get shitted on. Yeah, I'm gonna switch gears here. Yeah, that is unfortunate. But That's you know, for the artists, just keep putting out good music, and just keep just keep putting out new music. And also, you want to put out different versions of a single. Learned that from a great friend of mine in music. You want to put out multiple singles. For that particular song, keep that in mind. Yep. So yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about it it it's crazy. <clears throat> So I saw a TikTok video where a white woman saying she wants to be a black woman. Yes, the white woman said she wants to be a black woman. And so I'm like, and then she's, she's saying she's Transracial. 
No, no, translation is a big word for people. Yeah, that's but that's the word she used. She's translation. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that have seen her video and have, you know, give, given their thoughts on the situation. And I'm like, what is it about for white women? What is it about black women that makes you want to want to be one. We are the most hated species on the planet. It may not seem that way, but we are. It may not seem that way to some some people, but we are. Yeah, but you know. Uh, let me finish No, no, let me finish this. We are the most disrespected. Things that we have that we have to fight for. Look, we have to create the Crown Act in order for us, for women and men, to wear our natural hair the way we want to wear it. We have to create a bill to pass it through law so that we can wear our hair in our natural state, in natural hairstyles. And if a company doesn't hire me because I have dreads in my hair, because of the crown, that is considered discrimination. But there are white women who wear wear the hairstyles that we black women wear, and it's okay for them to wear it, but not us. So this woman, I saw the video, and matter of fact, I'm going to, let me, me, I'm going to play the video, let me pull up, I'm going to, sorry about that. Um, so, oh, I hit the wrong button. I hit the wrong thing. So I'm going to pull up this woman's video so y'all can hear it for yourselves of what this woman is saying. But I'd rather you hear it from the horse's mouth than me repeating what she said because I could be saying something, you know, saying something wrong. So, so on TikTok, she was going by another name, but now that she wants to be a black woman, her name on, she said in her video to call me Queen Booty Bree, Queen Booty Bree. That's what she said. In her TikTok, who call her because she wants to be a black woman. So, so okay. Thank her. 
the video I'm looking for. Someone duetted her video, but I don't know if it's the. Let me go into her. Okay. So, so that none of her videos come down my timeline on TikTok. But for this purpose, I'm going to unblock her so I can play the video for y'all where she's talking about she want to be a white woman, a black woman. Um, so I kind of have a serious thing I want to talk to you guys about today. So, um, I've decided I have a big change in life that I'm going to be, um, but I want to talk to you guys about it. I just want to let people know that if you guys don't respect it, then you don't respect me. And if you don't support me, then I feel like you can unfollow my page. Um, but there's a couple things that I want to talk to you about. So, eventually, um, I decided that um, I will now be identified as a black woman. So, if you guys can't respect that I want to be identified as a black woman, I would suggest that you guys unfollow my page. Um, but I do want to be a part of the black community. Um, I've decided that the white community not for me, and I decided that I do want to be a part of the black community. So I will now identify as Queen Booty Bree, and that will be what I decided to go by from now on, Queen Booty Um, I thank you guys for all the other support that you guys have shown me, and if you guys continue to show me, I will appreciate you and everything that you do. So, did you hear that? Yep, sir. So you heard what she said, right? Mm-hmm. So let me, let me, so I put the video on pause. Hey, guys. Oh, I don't want it to play again. So in this video, right, she's, this is what she wrote as her description. A step closer to a black woman, hashtag booty breathe, Hashtag FYP, put hashtag FYP on TikTok. That means you want it, you want your video to go on the For You page, meaning that anybody can see your video. Then she put hashtag black men, hashtag transracial. Now, and I think in a, a different video of hers, she said she was either married to a black man or dating a black man. Now, right, these are the hashtags she put. She put hashtag black community. Now, I'm going to come out of this video. There's another video that she has where she says, I'm talking to this doll or AI, whatever she says, and it won't let me be a black, I'm going to play the video, and then you hear what she says about the things she's talking to and won't let her be a black woman. Guys, I'm live with this big baby, and he keeps telling me that I'm not black. Please come join my life and tell him that I am Ebony. 
guys, I'm live with this big baby, and you keep telling me that I'm not black. So you heard that, right? He said I'm live with this with this doll and saying and it won't let me be it won't let me be black, I'm editing it. And keep reposting the same video twice, but Guys, I'm live with this big baby, and you keep telling me that I'm not black. Please come join my live and tell them that I am Ebony. Guys, I'm live with this big... Okay. She's a tiny white woman with blonde hair. I'm giving you a description of what this lady looks like. I was talking about she wanted to be a black woman. But she... So in the hashtag of this video... Says he's so rude. Hashtag. That's her description. He's so rude. Then she puts hashtag booty brie. F hashtag FYP. Transracial black community black men. Hashtag big baby. And the one thing that she didn't hashtag that she's saying she wants to be a black woman. Why you didn't hashtag black woman? Why are you hashtagging black men, black community, but you're not hashtagging black women since you're saying you want to be a black woman? Like, I... Huh? Like, now she's saying she's transracial. And now, we're going to look up the word to give a definition of what she says. She says she's transracial. We're going to look that up and give you the definition. It says, now this is the definition it's a transracial and it's an identity. A transracial person is one who identifies as a different race than the one associated with their biological ancestry. They may adjust their appearance to make themselves look more like that race and may participate in activities associated with that race. So here it says, it says the conversation, okay, this is from the conversation, and it says you can't identify as transracial, but you can't affirm your agenda. So I'm going to click on that. I'm going to click on that and get more into what this is talking about. So... It says, listen to this, Six. It says, earlier this uh-huh. week, an online influencer, Ali London, responded to criticism after saying they identify as, they identify as Korean. 
having undergone surgery to change their appearance, they equated being transracial with the experiences of transgender people who affirm their gender. The same reasoning behind London's Korean identity, they have asked to be called Jiminy after a K-pop star, can be compared to that of Rachel Dolezal, a white woman who identifies as black and made headlines in 2015. The debates about uh-huh. transracialism followed. Unfortunately, it seems we haven't learned much in this space. Because at their core, London's words and actions are a prime example of racism, cultural appropriation, and transphobia, and acting from a perspective of considerable privilege. Trans and gender diverse experiences don't equate with someone deciding to change their appearance to be a part of a group whose experiences, community, and struggles they can't fully understand. Then it says here, race and gender are not both the same. Gender is our internal sense of self, whether that be man, woman, neither, or both. Most people have an idea about their gender at two to three years old. This may not align with the sex assigned to them at birth. Unlike gender, race represents as categorized, often physical, traits that are socially constructed and understood. You can't inherit your gender. This is eternal and something individuals to you, but you do inherit the social construct of race. There is also much more to one's racial identity than physical appearance. It's also about cultural, community, connection, and even trauma. While multicultural communities and the LGBTQ plus experience of discrimination are sometimes compared, it is important to understand these experiences are different and complex. Uh-huh. This is particularly the case, for example, in considering trans people of color and their experience of both racism and transphobia. People who face discrimination based on their race or cultural background and usually go home to members of their family who understand them. This is often not the case for trans, gender diverse people. Race and gender have very different histories, understanding experiences, and implications in the face of discrimination. The very idea of being able to transition to a different race discredits trans and gender diverse people experiences of gender affirmation. It also undermines the importance of cultural connections for many communities. It says, now goes picking and choosing. Lender who is non-binary uses they, them pronouns, has actively chosen a transracial identity, but trans and gender diverse people's decisions to transition, whether that be social, medical, or legal, is almost always involuntary and out of necessity to live their lives authentically. Almost 50% of trans young people 
in Australia have attempted suicide once in their lives. Trans and gender diverse young people experience high levels of psychological distress when their cisgender peers. Excuse me, y'all. That this is not because there's anything inherently wrong with trans people, but because of how trans people are treated by others. Conflating racial identity with gender identity implies that being trans is a choice, and therefore is so is race. The reality is that transitioning as a trans person is a difficult and taxing process. One that can be dangerous while also life-saving and celebrated. It it is racist to think someone can pick and choose parts of a race or culture they like. Then distance themselves from that culture when it suits them. They avoid the burden of discrimination while reaping the rewards of white privilege, taking the necessary resources and voices from the community who need it. There's a difference between affirming your gender as a trans person, which doesn't harm anyone else, and choosing to live and appropriate another culture. What's more, the word translations is already in use, usually referring to adoption practices in which parents adopt children of color. So it's misleading when used to talk about someone changing their parents. Gender understanding can also be different based on their cultural context. The gender binary where we've come to think of as usual, male and female, have previously been enforced upon people's cultures and countries through colonialization. Rigid understandings of gender are imposed upon cultures where gender fluidity was seriously more accepted. Trans and gender diverse experiences have existed in many indigenous cultures around the world for thousands of years, including in Australia. It says, Everfine diversity. There's a point for us to acknowledge that talking about transracial identities as something you can be for or against only further marginalizes and harms people of color and trans and gender diverse people. This marginalization is compounded for trans people of color. Instead of the pursuit of fame and, and following, we need to prioritize amplifying the experiences of diverse people in ways that not only focus on discrimination and abuse, but also celebrate people being their authentic selves. So this is an article that was written because another woman on social media talking about talking about she wants to be Korean. So she now identifies as Korean. It's like I played that video and the woman said she identifies as being black, a black woman. They said this woman, she went and got surgery done so that she could look like she's Korean. 
she's over here cosplaying a Korean. Like this woman wants to cosplay being a black woman. But she don't want the struggles we go through. That the discrimination black women go through because of their hair, like wearing their natural hair. She don't want to go through that. from her own words and not mine to explain. And I'm going to put her back on block because I do not want any of her videos. And I've seen people duet the video and, well, not, you know, they duet it but not tag her in it because you tag her in it, you're giving, other people see it and then they click on her video they're giving her views, and then those that may see it and click on it and then watch it and like it, you're giving her clicks and views exactly what she wants. So I'm trying to block her again because I don't, like I said, I don't want her videos coming down my timeline. Because I don't want to hear nothing out of her mouth that's going to piss me off. I heard talking about she want to be a black woman. But I read to you the hashtags. The hashtags didn't say hashtag want to be a black woman. Nope. It says transracial, black men, black community. It don't say nothing about, it don't have no hashtag black woman anything. So, yeah. So... <clears throat> and there's another girl that's another girl cosplaying a black woman get called out for it and then the whole drama ensues on social media about it. And when it got when the girl got called out on it, another creator called her out on it, they had a conversation behind the scenes. And in this conversation, this white girl was just to tell this creator that her manager, so-called manager, told her to cosplay a black woman because it will get her clicks and views. And the girl had the nerve to say she was a model, and the creator that, you know, talked to her behind the scenes used to be a model and knew the person that she was having a photo shoot with and called that person up said, get us on the phone together so me and this girl can have a conversation. <clears throat> right? And they had that conversation. She recorded the conversation. The girl, the creator, like, confronted the white girl, create, called, 
um, recorded the conversation and made a video playing that conversation where she said someone told her to do it. And then come to find out the person who told her to do it was a black was a black person. And she how it all started because she got braids in her hair and black women were telling her, you know, that is a, you know, they wasn't saying that she couldn't wear braids. They just was letting her know this is a, a protective style that black women wear and that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be wearing, not that you can't wear it, but you shouldn't wear it because black women get discriminated against because they have those type of hairstyles. And this is why the crown neck was created because when we wear styles like that, natural hair, we get discriminated against because of it. But white women can wear those same hairstyles and it's okay. And then, you know, a big thing ensued. They going back and forth and the girls call out the creator out, talking about she's going to be at the gym. She wants to fight. You know what I'm saying? Talking about she's being bullied, but after you say in the video, you're being bullied, you call out the creator. You call the creator out to fight. And you do a video with you at the gym and say, on the 25th, I'm going to be at this gym. Come, come and fight. But but you talking about you was being bullied. And because of the, the uh, going back and forth between the two, the creator's page got banned. And so we knew that people on Twitter would say, yeah, we know she did it. So you want to play, you want to get her page banned. She w- that then that girl's page got banned. So now, but I'm sure she's created another page under a different name, and probably going to do the same. Going to do cosplay a black woman all over again. And when I did my amp show earlier, and I was talking about this, I was saying, you know, companies. You know, will hire her, cosplaying a black woman, but won't hire the black woman. Like companies will hire her to sell their product because she's cosplaying a black woman, but won't hire the black woman to sell the product. And then I talked about, you know, look at Kim Kardashian. If you see early pictures of Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian did not look how she looked now. She got plastic surgery done on her face. She got plastic surgery done on her butt, across her breast, to make her look the way she looks now. Because if you look at before pictures and look at her now, 
and it's not the same person. And her sister's the only one who didn't, I think, who didn't follow suit with getting plastic surgery done is um, Courtney, the only sister. And I think Kendall is the only the only sisters that didn't get anything done, like majorly done to alter what they originally looked like. Yeah. So, yeah. She don't know what the word, and, and like the article said, using the word translation It's like it's saying that you don't like trans people. Well, you you would never, as a white woman, you would never ever be about. There's there's a picture there's a picture I've seen on the internet, and this woman lives in I think London somewhere. And she tanned her skin. She she got herself big lips, big breasts. <coughs> um, she tanned her skin to look chocolate, look dark, to make her skin look dark skin, so she can be pat. I guess the pass for a black woman, but we know she's not a black woman. Right, and she looked terrible. So yeah, let me come out of this article. I'm gonna close out this article. So if you're on TikTok and you come across. Big Booty Breeze page. Do not engage the videos. Do not just block her because you're going to wind up with a whole lot of her videos coming down your For You page and it's going to piss you off what you see. So just block her. Mm-hmm. There was another video that I want to, from TikTok, that I saw. It's an educational one, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find that video. I'm going to go and see if I can find that video and play it for y'all. And it's, it's an educational one about the word cowboy. So... In this video, they were saying the word cowboy was used for black people who were taking care of the cows. So the white people who had who owned the the farms and or the ranches or whatever, they were called ranchers, ranch hands, 
but black people were called cowboys. And it's supposed to be a derogatory name, but now when you hear the word cowboy or um, you see a picture of a white person. So I'm going to see if I can, um, I'm going to see if I can. Let me see if I can find that video. Because I'm trying to the person who I saw this video from they have a lot of Okay, so as I try to find this video, we're going to take a musical break. That's what we're going to do. And let's do Ray Parker Jr.
we've just met. Yohanna July was known for her ability to tame wild horses, gain the attention of the US Army to hide her. This is one of John Ford's classic western purchases. The film is based on a novel by Alan LeMay. It's a direct inspiration, according to his notes, by the black man, Rick Johnson. In the film, of course, the hero is played by John Wayne, a man who, as it happens, openly supported white supremacy. I was today years old when I found out. Where's the cowboy? You heard that say? And so what do you think? So I just heard in that video, not, but it's not the video. Um, well, it's given the history, but as you heard in that video, he said the black slaves, male slaves, were called cowboys, and the white ranch owners were called cowhands. And now when you look when you look at cowboys, all you see is white faces. <laughs> now when you when you if you Google search cowboys, you're going to see nothing but white faces. And a lot of these movies, the cow westerns movie was were, were though like he said the movie with John Wayne the person who wrote the book got the was telling the story of a black man but you know the Hollywood studios hired John Wayne to play the lead role so they knew that using John Wayne instead of a black person, the movie would do well. You know, that's crazy. And, when, and then said in the video, when slavery was over, they had to hire these people as ranch, you know, hire them. And before they had them as slaves, now they had to hire them. Yep. I was giving y'all a little there. And there's another story uh, coming out of There's a queen in Florida that I hope that the principal of the school should be fired. The person who, um, so I'm, I'm going to share the story. So in the school of Florida, they had a private assembly with the black students in the school because it's a predominantly white school, but they had a, 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 an assembly with the black students in the school because the schools got the, te- the standardized test scores back. And it said the school is not doing good when it comes to standardized tests. And what they did is took all the black students, had an assembly, had black teachers 
Tell the, this is what the teachers told the black students that we got to do better with the test because if you don't, you're going to want, in the future, you're going to wind up in jail or be killed. This is what, and they had a PowerPoint presentation about it. This is, instead of it being two white teachers doing it, and then the incentive was they can get chicken. Either you can get free chicken from McDonald's, like a chicken sandwich from McDonald's, or chicken, or or chicken meal from Chick-fil-A. And one of the students told their parent, and the mother was like, my daughter got a good score for a standardized test. <clears throat> and they said that they had the black the ones with the higher score, they were on stage. They made them go on stage to convince the students to follow what the teacher was saying. She told the parent the news, the news, the news, the news in that area got wind of it, and they talked to the parent. Excuse me, y'all. They talked to the parent. And you want to know what's crazy? Is that, one, none of the white students had an assembly to talk about their what, how poorly their test scores are. It was just the black students. <coughs> Excuse me again. <clears throat> but the second thing that's also crazy is that the white parents was mad that their kids didn't get chicken. They wasn't mad at what the school did. They was mad that the fact that their kids didn't get chicken. So your school is performing poorly on these standardized tests. And you're blaming it on all the black kids that are at the school. Then, if the majority of that school, of the kids in that school, is white, you can't blame poor test scores just on the. It has to, you know, you you have a, you do an assembly, not a private assembly. You do an assembly with all students. Not just the black students, we're all students and say we got the results back from the standardized test. And I don't like the way our students performing. I want us to do better. You know, like, you know, um, when I was in elementary school, our teacher, Ms. Wyatt, she was my favorite teacher in that school. She she wanted us, not all the students, but a few students. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. She rewarded us with a piece, with a, not a piece of party, but she rewarded us with a pizza and, like, maybe a food 
a few blocks away from the school was a pizza parlor that she took us to, and we had pizza. That's how she rewarded us. It was no just the white students can go. No, she rewarded us with pizza for doing such a good job. And Uh but it's like you're blaming the black students and you're telling them if they don't do better on the standardized test that when they get older, they are going to wind up in jail or be killed. Why are you telling 10-year-olds that? That's that's all across the board, though. That ain't got nothing to do with just African-Americans. I mean, that's 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 all across that's what the yeah. school did. They brought all the black students into the auditorium, had an assembly to talk about the standardized test. The school did poorly. But guess who was delivering the damn speech? It wasn't two white teachers. It wasn't the principal. No, they had two black teachers do it. So you were a black student in this school, and you have to hear from a black teacher that if you don't do better on the test next time, that when you get older, you can wind up in jail or be killed. Mm. That's that's that ain't right. But but you're blaming the black students, only the black students for your low test scores. The mother, when the mother did the interview with the news, with the news people, she said her daughter got either a four or a five. So I don't know what the grade, because I haven't taken the same test in a long time, so I don't know what the grading system is. But if a four or five is good, for standardized test, then she was one of the, the good, then she passed. And they had the ones that the students that did do good, they had them standing on the stage to convince the other students that didn't do good to do better. So now, and then when the principal, when the principal was told about it, trying to act like she ain't know nothing about it, that I was wrong, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's what the principal said. But I'm, I'm going to try to find the video that's still pertaining to this. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to find this. Uh, For a lot of people who are sharing the uh, video, 
me let me do it this way. If I go to my come out of here. I go to my profile, I think I can get it that way. The videos that I liked for the day. Because it's one of those videos I liked. Um. Okay. The video... No, I like some of these videos. This is it. And let me see if this is it. Yeah, here it goes. Florida Public Education to get any workers. There's breaking news out of Spikeler County, Florida, in which an elementary school pulled out all the black fourth and fifth grade students from the school put them into a special assembly to berate them for the school's underperforming um, what they put into a PowerPoint presentation, African-Americans course. Now, the school is defending this thing that they meant it as a special pep talk for the black kids. Um, so I'm going to pause it because I'm going to rewind back. He showed that what the um, presentation was looking like. I'm going to go any worse, there's breaking news out of Flakler County, Florida, in which an elementary school put them into a special assembly to berate them for the school's underperforming um, what they put into a PowerPoint presentation. So this is the this is the PowerPoint. I'm going to read you what the PowerPoint says. It says, welcome back, fourth and fifth grade ball pups. Now, the introduction Ms. Steve's third grade support, felicitation, Mr. Gabriel, all grades in school's suspension, Mr. Hines, fifth grade support, facilitation of what the presentation. It says, AA has underperformed on standardized assessment for the last past three years. We only have 32% of our students who are at a level three or higher for ELA slash math. We are supposed to have at least 41%. So you know what AA means, African American. And then there's a fourth slide, but it's not it's not showing all of that slide, but a little bit of that slide says each student will commit to earning at least a level three or higher. I guess that's what that means, a level three or higher. But I'm going to let her finish telling y'all more about this situation. African-American force. Now, the school is defending this thing that they meant it as a special pet talk for the black kids. Um, but there's a whole lot of problems in it. Okay, here. She posted and what looks like it could be an article and it says, well, I can't read what's on the top. 
on that superintendent. Okay, that's it's saying the superintendent's name because her uh she has a header on me and it's blocking what the words are. So I'ma read what I can see. It says a matter in an instant interview late this afternoon. Does matter in an interview late this afternoon. Thought the intention of the assembly came from a positive place, and we could have done better with the delivery and some other things we could have put in place ahead of time. Moore said. She stressed that it was more a matter of misjudgment than malice, and that communication with parents would explain what took place. So this is a, this is what the superintendent has said. What I just read is what the superintendent's response was when she got asked about the assembly. About nine and ten years old. If they're underperforming, it's typically because there are external factors, and it's not because black children are just lazy or not trying hard enough. Uh, often these external factors are something to do with at home. It could be the fact that Flagler is an incredibly poor and rural county. It could also do with, with self failing these students. I mean, if they're the type of school that pulls out all the black fourth and fifth graders, it doesn't seem like they're doing a whole lot for racial equity. Second, they decided of all things to incentivize children to do better, and again, these are little children, by offering them fried chicken. Um, splitting them up in pairs of two and saying that the student who did better in English and math would get a uh, free McDonald's or Chick-fil-A meal, which isn't at all also horrible. Even worse than that, um, instead of, you know, giving all children who do well uh, on these tests a free meal, they, uh, the white students, the parents are apparently were upset that their children do not get fried chicken for performing as well as black students, which is a whole other mind talk that tells you quite a bit about Flagler County there had pretty harsh words to say about the Florida County Public School District, um, one of which that alluding to multiple things that maybe are getting swept under the rug because it's such a rural place, um, others that were outraged that this had happened, the school district did not notify parents that this assembly was happening, and when parents demanded to see the PowerPoint slides that they used, the school initially refused to do that until... Uh, reporters got involved and told them that if they public record of the way that they gave this little pep talk that was supposed to, I guess, inspire children who are 9 and 10 years old not to be lazy because that's the only possible explanation why those test scores could be lagging and not at all an institutional problem within that school or school district or, God forbid, the state of Florida, which is failing on a number of education markers. I mean, they rank 25th, I believe, in math and 34th in English or swap those, but it, it's mediocre at best. Um, they said that if they don't get those test scores up, then they're going to end up in jail or shot dead. So we have a school district that's pulling out all the black fourth and fifth graders. A special assembly to berate them about standardized test scores uh, for the whole school and is offering them fried chicken to compete with each other for better test scores. Jail would be shot dead. Yeah, whatever. Tell 
and this kind of shit probably happens more than we know about it. Is this things in the Florida public? I heard everything she said. So what's your take? Okay, six months stepped away, but this is my take on the Florida. The state of Florida needs to do better. To tell a bunch of nine and ten year olds that they'll be going to jail or be killed was not. Do you know how that traumatizes a child to be told that they could be shot dead or go to jail because they didn't perform well on a standardized test that that once you out of school doesn't matter anymore. It's not like you're going to get hired for a job and they look at your standardized test scores and be like, oh, you did good in your standardized test so we're going to hire you. No. All that stuff you learned in elementary, all, mostly all the stuff you learned in high school, college, is not going to be usable to you in the real world. You understand what I'm saying? They were wrong in what they did. They need to do better. The person who suggested this special assembly, because it had to be the the uh, principal, the no teacher is going to be like, all we need to do an assembly. No. The, the principal is the one who makes the decision to have an assembly or not. So the, the principal of the school needs to be fired. And what the person, like somebody said, the person who suggested it should be fired because that was racist. You blaming low test scores on all the black kids in that school when I'm sure if we go through that list <laughs> of all the students who failed the standardized test, a majority of those students will also be white. But you want to blame the black kids. And then have black teachers deliver the news to the damn students and tell them that that crap. I'm not a parent, but if I did have a kid, my kid was going to that school, you best believe every last person in that school would be cursed out by me, including the teachers, even though they were told they had to do it. And I know, you know, they're doing it because they don't want to lose their job. But they would have got cursed out by me. They would have got cursed out. Because as black teachers, you should have you should have said no, stuck to your ground and said no. Said no, get somebody else to do it. So yeah. This is crazy. Boys are going to hell in the handbasket. Yep. Boys are hell in the handbasket. So, we're going to get back into the 
and Okay, I'm trying to expand it, but something just happened. Let's see if it did it. Let me refresh and see if it did it. If it expanded. If it didn't, well, let me tell you anyway. So what the initiative is, is we're going to help teachers in our area. This is from Ohio. I represent New York and New Jersey. And we're going to help teachers in our area get the school supplies they need so they can teach the kids this school year. And that's what we're going to do. And so if you want to, in that, you can do so. You can do so by going to rollerstarter.net. And we'll explain it more there. Or if you just want to make it, you want to make a donation, you can make a donation by going to paypal.me forward slash rollerstarter.net. A five ten dollar donation is all that we ask because a lot of the teachers' items are not that expensive, and the teacher that we're helping out in New Jersey, if she didn't get help already, all her items came up to about seventy dollars and change. So five ten dollars is good if you want to make a donation. Also can give you the link to where you can go see the teacher's wish list and click on the teacher's name that's in your area. You understand what I'm saying? Click on the teacher's name that's in your area to help them with their wish list. They could have the items they need to teach the kiddies this new school semester. And any teacher that's on that list it's an Amazon wish list, so, so yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're going to try to help as many teachers as we can with the help of teacher initiative. That's why your donation helps us help them get the supplies they need. And when you go to PayPal, Go to the PayPal. You said, "Well, just PayPal.me forward slash Rosa Starter." There is a note section. In that note section, make sure that you put help a teacher initiative, so we know that you're making a donation to help a teacher. And if you go to RosaStarter.net and you send us a message, and you want to know more about that. To help a teacher initiative, if you put the state where you are from, because you can be from New Jersey, you can be from New York, you can be from anywhere, you can be from anywhere, and you say, you know what, I want to help, and you tell me the state where you, I can look it up for you, that a teacher in your area give you that teacher's wish list. And you can do it yourself and send them the items they need for the school year. And I'm sure, and Amazon lets you send notes 
I got like a thank you card or whatever with your gift. So, you know, you could do that and and you know, do that and your name will be so when we help the teachers out, our names, everybody who's donated and helped, their names will be a part of it. And so that the teacher knows these are the people who helped and, you know, they may post the videos to social media saying thank you so uh, say thank you to you for helping them out this school year. And a lot of teachers are, you know, like pre K, kindergarten, first grade. I think it's like all the way up to maybe maybe fifth grade. So yeah. That's what we're doing. So you go to World of Stardom, uh, paypal.me forward slash World of Stardom. And you want to make a donation, make sure you put the Help a Teacher Initiative. The amount to donate is between 5 to $10. Yeah. We appreciate that. Um, if you want more info, then you just go to World of Stardom.net, hit us up and you will get a a more in-depth explanation on what we're trying to do. Because the list that I saw, the things that I want that from New Jersey that we want to help, it was a list of 4,200 teachers. And I'm like, instead of helping a teacher from just anywhere, why not start from where I'm from in my area? It's best that I start there and then work my way to other states and stuff like that. But I want to start there first. You know what I'm saying? Hey, welcome a teacher out in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, that I would love to help. If no one's helping yet, I would love to help. But like I said, all the items that she wanted, $70. So like I said, if you want to make a donation, you can just go to rollerspaypal.me or his slash road to stardom. If you want to help but you don't use PayPal, just let me know what, because I think Amazon uses PayPal as a way to buy, if you want to buy something from Amazon and you don't want to use your credit card, PayPal is one of them. So that's why I'm giving you the PayPal to send it directly to PayPal so we can get all these items and then, you know, for the items, the teacher gets the stuff she needs and we've done a good deed. Yep. Also, you know, you can support the station. By going to WorldStarterMerch.com and purchase an item that helps the station. And the money we raise from the WorldStarter Merch store we use to keep the station going so that indie arts can keep getting their music played, keep getting interviewed, authors could keep getting interviewed, authors could keep calling in, telling us about, you know, the promotion business shows to keep going on. People can promote what they got going on. And we have the Black Oak Forever store, which is 
the part of the Black Oak Forever Foundation. And if you want to make a donation, you can do so. But if you go to paypal.me forward slash Black Oak, that's B-L-A-K-O-K-E. If you go to Black Oak Forever Store, that's B-L-A-K-O-K-E Forever dot com, if you go there, you can purchase an item from the store that will also help the foundation because the money made from that store goes to the foundation to where with all the initiatives we have, we can help people dealing with those situations, like the teachers, and we're going to give more people, more teachers the items they need for the school year or for the next year. If it's too late, we're going to use it for this year, and still get them what they need, and they can use it for next year. <clears throat> yep. So I want to say, so if you want to just donate, just donate instead of going to the store and buying an item, like I said, you can go to paypal.me forward slash well to start them and make a donation there and put a donation. You could just put a donation to the station. Um, if you want to do a donation to the Black Oak Forever Foundation, you can go to paypal.me forward slash Black Oak Forever, which is B-L-A-K-O-K-E, and then you can put donation. And like I said, the money goes into helping the Black Oak Family Foundation with our initiatives that we have. We have Stop the Violence, uh, Self-Esteem, Domestic Violence, T-shirts that coincide with the initiatives that we have. <clears throat> and that's why I said that if you buy an item from the store, it helps. Yeah. So, yeah. So I appreciate you. I appreciate my boy, Southside Radio, for tuning into the show. Go check out Southside Radio right here on Blog Talk. So if you Google Southside Radio, Southside Radio Network, you can check out my boy, Southside, and his station. Yep. Like I said, I appreciate you. Keep rocking with your girl that wanted to start on the radio. I will see you at the next show. Peace. One love. Bye-bye now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.